0: to uh, read along with us. There are ESV Bibles uh, underneath your seats. Uh, If you have a Bible or Bible app at home, feel free to follow along there. We're also going to project the scripture behind me. But once you've found the scripture, once you're ready to read, if you could please stand as able for the reading of God's word. And I'll read uh, the scripture for us and then we'll all respond with thanks be to God. So please stand as Abel for the reading of God's word. Again, it's John chapter 13, verses 31 through 35. May the Lord bless the reading of God's word for us today. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Little children, yet a little while I am with you you will seek me. And just as I said to the Jews, so now I also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. You may be seated. All right, friends, well, pretty much all year, we have been talking about life. And last week, we talked about imperfect love and how we may not be perfect in our love, but as we learn to align ourselves to the love of God, we can increasingly become more loving as God has called us to be. And friends, uh, in some ways, that sounds really good, right? The, The idea that we're supposed to love one another. I mean, you don't need... Church to tell you that. You don't need the Bible to tell you that we need to love one another, right? It's in our popular songs. I think it's something that a lot of people think when they look at this crazy world, when they look at the Ukraine, when they look at how divided our world is right now. So many people are like, why can't we just love one another? There's a a really well known Burp Bacharach song, and I'm not going to sing it for you because sometimes I get funny looks from people. When I sing, so I'm just going to read these lyrics for you. Uh, what the world needs now is love, sweet love. It's the only thing that there's just too little of. Can, uh, for those of you guys who know the song, can you like, hear it in your head? <laughs> what the world needs... I said I wouldn't sing it. I'll stop. What the world needs now is love, sweet love. No, not just for some, but for everyone. It would be nice, wouldn't it? If we could just have more love in this world, just go do it. Right? Do it. Go love people. Stop hating. Right? Stop discriminating. Stop being racist. Right? Stop being so greedy. Why can't we do it? Why is it so hard? Friends, I think in many ways, uh, that's what we're here to find out, right? That's what we're here to learn. That's why we are disciples of Jesus. It means student, right? We're learning to love. Like Peter in the passage last week, we are learning to love more like Jesus. But this is the question, right? Why can't we just love each other? Well, we're gonna talk about that as we go through the scripture. And I think there's gonna be some things in this uh, passage that, it's not a very long passage. It's just five verses that we read this morning. But I think there's gonna be some things that we can pull out uh, that show us what Jesus was meaning to do in our lives. And this idea of loving one another and how we can get there. So let's take a look. Let's uh, just dive in again. Verse 31. When he had gone out, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and glorify him at once. Okay, I want to stop there for a second. So what's going on is that this is Jesus' farewell address. Before he goes to the cross, right so this is kind of like during the last supper-ish time, and so there's a lot going on, right? And Jesus is hinting at this idea of his glorification, right? The cross and the resurrection. It's coming, right? But there, there's kind of like like, did you see in what we read in 31:32, I wanted you to hear it without me like tampering it too much with my explanations. But do you hear how many times Jesus said glorify? And how many times, like, it, it, it's like, God is glorified. Son of man is glorified. Son of man is glorified in him. And then God is glorified, right? Like, like, just, let's hear it again. Now is the son of man glorified. And God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself. And glorify him at once. You're like, whoa, there's so much glory going around, Right? God's glorified, Jesus glorified, God is glorified, then Jesus glorified, right? And friends, we're going to come back to that. So just tuck that away, that idea that if Jesus is glorified, then God is glorified. And if God is glorified, then Jesus is glorified, right? Um, so we'll come back to that. And, and we'll relate it to this whole love thing that we're talking about. Little children, yet a little while I am with you. You will seek me. And just as I said to the Jews, so I now also say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. Seems like bad news to us, right? That Jesus is not going to be here with us physically. Maybe that is the answer that that some of us feel, is that if we just had Jesus, right? If we just had a great spiritual teacher who could show us how to love, you know what? It would be easy, right? Well, I got to tell you, friends, I hate to pop that balloon But look at Peter. Look at Peter last week and what we were talking about, how he denied Jesus three times, right? Look at all the disciples. They were not able to love perfectly all the time, right? And so the answer isn't necessarily that, you know, just for Jesus to be physically here. It's not going to solve all the problems, right? And in fact, one of the things that that Jesus often tells us is that you are blessed when I go away. You are blessed when I go away. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is going to be with you. We're going to have a partner. We're going to have a helper who's going to help us to live this life that we're supposed to live. And what kind of life is that? What are we supposed to do? Well, verse 34. A new commandment I give to you that you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another. Friends, just imagine, right? Jesus is talking to traditional Jewish people, and he uses the word commandments. What does that bring to mind? What do you think of when you think of commandment? You think of the Ten Commandments, right? You think of the Torah. You think of the hundreds of rules and laws that are in the Old Testament that are held holy and sacred, right? And Jesus is here coming and saying, I'm going to give you a commandment, not just any commandment, a new commandment, right? We should listen. This is a big deal, right? And friends, I got to tell you, is it a new commandment to just tell people to love one another? Shouldn't we already know that? Why is this a new commandment? Why is this a big deal? Well, let's read it again, friends, (laughs) because I think if you're going to say, right, as A a Jewish rabbi, and as, well, we know, the Messiah, the Son of God. And he comes and he says, I have a new commandment. Man, you got to pay attention, right? This is really important. That you love one another just as I have loved you. You also are to love one another by this. All people will know that you are my disciples if you have Love for one another, right? So the, the operative thing here is, I mean, definitely love. It's a big deal. But Jesus telling us to love as I have loved you. That's the new part, friends, right? We haven't seen Jesus, not, at least not in the flesh, right? Until this moment in human history. And so Jesus saying, I want you to go and love other people. I command you to love other people. In the same way that I've loved you, this is a new thing, right? And it's different because this isn't exactly what was always heard in the Old Testament, right? In the Old Testament, sometimes we heard different things, right? And friends, maybe for some of you, this might be a little bit confusing, but I just want to remind you that Jesus himself claims to be fulfilling the law and the prophets, right? What has come before, he is the fulfillment. It doesn't mean that the other stuff was not valid. It just means that he's the main attraction. He is what we have been building to, right? And so, friends, in many ways, you have to understand that the Bible, in many ways, is, is a story, right? That has a beginning, and middle, and end, right? And we are working to Jesus, right? The other stuff is good. Please do not misunderstand me, I'm not saying that we should disregard all of that. But when Jesus comes and says he has a new commandment, right, as a Christ follower, that's really what you should be looking at, right? That's what should be lighting up your attention. That's what you should be focusing on, right? And friends, in some ways, you're going to see that Jesus is going to take some of the scripture that we've heard before, and he says, you have heard it said, it was like this. But now I'm telling you, right, we got to go further. We got to fulfill the scripture. We got to fill it out, right? It was bare bones before. It was given for a specific time in the history of Israel. And now we are going to show you where we're going to take this, right? And so let's take a look at Leviticus 24, 17 through 20. This is a scripture that Jesus himself uh, sites in the Sermon on the Mount. We're going to take a look at, at, at that in a moment, but I thought it would be fun to go back and see exactly what was written in Leviticus, to see how Jesus sort of fulfills this. Um, it says, Whoever takes a human life shall surely be put to death. Whoever takes an animal's life shall make it good, life for life. If anyone injures his neighbor as he has done it, shall be, uh, as he as he has done, it shall be done to him. Fracture for fracture eye for eye, tooth for tooth, whatever injury he has given a person shall be given to him. Uh, friends, I got to tell you, just reading in Leviticus, it's just a little more visceral. I mean, we all hear like eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, right? It just kind of rolls off the tongue. You don't really hear fracture for fracture, right? Man, that is so, it's it's so, yeah, I don't know how else to put it, visceral, right? Uh, We might look at this stuff and think it's barbaric. But the idea behind the law was that there would be justice, right? Retributive justice. But you would go no further than what was done to you, right? Because oftentimes what happens is that if someone, you know, pokes you in the eye, you poke them in two eyes, right? If someone punches you in the arm lightly, you punch them a little harder, And this is how we get war, right? This is how all of the evil in the world is created, basically, right? And so the idea was to limit that and to say, yes, there should be justice, right? If someone fractures your arm, they shouldn't be able to get away with it. So, hey, where's your arm? Come here, right? Fracture for fracture, eye for eye, tooth for tooth. Um, But the thing is, you know, it sounds good. But Jesus updates it, right? So this is in the Sermon on the Mount. He says, you have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Yes, Jesus, we just read it. Leviticus Leviticus chapter 24, right? But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone would sue you and take your tunic, let him have your cloak As well, And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him two miles. Give to the one who begs from you, and do not refuse the one who would borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be sons of your Father who is in heaven. All right, friends. Now... Again, maybe you've heard some of this stuff, and it sounds good, right? But i got to tell you, even as Christ followers, when you look at the church, we don't always follow this, right? We're not always living this. And i got to tell you, it's very, very tempting at times, selectively, (laughs) to go back and read other parts of Scripture. Go back to the Old Testament, right? Hey! It says eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth. That person hurt me. Mm, There's something within me that really wants to get them back, right? Let's do that, right? Oh, come on. Like, it says love your enemies, but come on. Some of the enemies nowadays, they're just so evil. They're so bad. They're so backwards, right? I mean, I'm not, like, really hating them, but... I don't want anything to do with them, you know? I mean, come on, look at the Old Testament and how there would be armies that go around and they would smite the pagans. They would kill them and they would rip down uh, their, 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 their altars and those kinds of things, right? Friends, I gotta tell you that, uh, I, I mean, you know, there's no exact science to this, but I feel like, I feel like most of the evil stuff that Christians perpetrate and preach, it's justified by the Old Testament. When they use a biblical precedent, when they're pulling out something to say, hey, this is okay for me to hate you. This is okay for me to, to treat you as subhuman. It's usually not the words of Jesus. It's usually not the Sermon on the Mount, right? It's not, usually not, you shall, love, uh, uh, you shall love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, right? And friends, we have to understand that Jesus is doing a new thing. That's why he calls it a new commandment, right? And there's a reason for this, right? Now, you might be asking, but Pastor Steve, why did that other stuff exist, right? I mean, I always say with these kinds of questions, short answer, I don't know, right? I can tell you why I think or some of the reasons for it possibly, right, that scholars and other people have thought. I mean, one thing is that I think that Jesus or or God was trying to create a people during a very dangerous time, right? And he had to bring about a, a people and a history so that we could get to Jesus, right? Those people needed to survive, right? And that law, I mean, it was good and it still is good, right? But Jesus is coming to fulfill that. That was good and it was perfect and it was awesome, for the time that that God spoke it, and I'm not saying it's not relevant now, right? But when we think that all scripture is equal, and we look at some of the old things that were spoken, and we use that, and we elevate that above the words of Jesus, that's what I have a problem with, right? And that's where I think we have to be careful, and we have to look at what Jesus is saying, right? Definitely through the eyes of all that has come before. We can't ignore it, friends, right? So please, please do not get this twisted. Please do not tell, right, like think that I'm telling you that we can just ignore the rest of scripture, right? But I'm telling you, when Jesus, who is the son of man, right, he is the son of God, and he's telling us he's bringing us a new commandment, right? I mean, this we really, really got to pay attention to and perk up for, right? And so friends, um, there's some stuff in here, that I think um, is very important for us to, to look at. So yeah, there is this idea that this is a new commandment, to love like Jesus, to love your enemies, right? To love when it doesn't benefit you, to love even when other people aren't loving you, right? To love in a sacrificial way. It may not seem easy. And maybe for some of us, we don't understand why why this is so important. It just feels like another command, right? And remember what Jesus said, that I think part of the reason why the Old Testament, um, for a lot of us, it seems so oppressive is because it seems to be about punishment, right? Hey, do this, don't do that. If you do this, well, you're fine. But if if you don't do it, if you break it, right, there's gonna be penalties there's going to be consequences, right? But Jesus, what about his command? What happens if you don't obey this? What happens if you don't turn the other cheek, right? What happens if you do decide to hate your enemies? Then what? And friends, you got to understand what Jesus's central mission was. And I I wanted to highlight it just so you wouldn't miss it, right? But look at the way he kind of culminates this passage, right? Or at this part of the passage. So that, this is the purpose, right? So that, so for what? So that you may be sons and daughters of your father who is in heaven. That's the goal. For you to be like Jesus, right? For you to be children of your Father who is in heaven. But we've been talking about this all year, right? Jesus' central message is what? The kingdom of God is at hand. He wants you to be a part of that kingdom, right? What kind of kingdom is it, friends? Is it a kingdom of fear? It's a kingdom of love, right? Led by the spirit of love. This is why we don't despair, by the way, because you always have the Holy Spirit with you, and it is the spirit of love. It is a spirit that is trying to help you to be able to love, right? And friends, if we are supposed to be a part of this kingdom, then love has to be what is operative. It's something that we've talked about, that the kingdom, if you think about kingdoms, it's it's the the place where a ruler, right, like their will is operative. And that's why we pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, right? As it is in the realm where God already exists. We know he rules there. We know his will is done there. But what we are praying and what we're hoping is that his will will be done here on earth, right? And properly, actually in scripture, In the book of Matthew, when Jesus says heaven, oftentimes he's saying the heavens. There's different tiers to this, right? One heaven is the air around you, right? It's the whole atmosphere. We want this whole place to be love. We want to be swimming in it, right? And friends, um, in many ways, right? Like if you think about it, if Jesus is about love, and if we are his children, we are his disciples, then we have to be about love too, right? Remember, let's go back for a moment where we're talking about the glory thing, right? Father, you've glorified the Son, and because the Son is glorified, now you're glorified, right? And this kind of glory that is shared between them, right? Because they are united, because they are in communion with one another. And Jesus said, I have come that they may be one. Right, So we also get to share in the glory with God, with the Father, and with the Son, because we are meant to be a part of him. But if this is a kingdom of love, and if Jesus, he is about love, he is love, right? then we have to be about it too. There's no choice here. right? If you want to be a part of the kingdom, if you want to be sons and daughters of the Most High God, you have to love. Not as a command in the sense of, like, if you don't do this, you're punished. But in the same way that, I don't know, like, like, think about, like, a bird that is supposed to fly. And that's what they do. They fly. They soar. And we're the kind of bird who's just always just walking around on the ground, crawling in the dirt, right? Not using these beautiful wings that we've been given, right? In some ways, we are not realizing our identity and who we are created to be. We belong to the sky now. We got to fly, right? We get to do that. Love, it is the most powerful thing. It is the most wonderful thing. We all know that. Bert Bacharach knew that. Every single person knows that, right? And we want to learn how to be about that. That's the kind of kingdom that you get to be a part of. So many people, we live in this world, and we're in the kingdom of fear. We're so afraid. That's why we hate our enemies, Right? Because we don't feel safe. But the idea of the kingdom of God is God is reigning. You're safe. You're good. Even if they take your life here, you get to be with God forever. What can they do to you? Right? What can man do to me? Because God is reigning. Because God is king. Because God is in control. And because of that, we don't need to protect ourselves anymore. Right? We don't need to fear other people. Now we are freed To love. But in order to do that, we need to learn how to become citizens of this kingdom. Friends, I I just want to show you, I'm not just... Cherry-picking scriptures that I like. It's in so many other things, right? Paul even talks about Let's take a look at Ephesians chapter 4, 31 through 32. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and slander be put away from you, along with all malice. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Why? How? As God in Christ forgave you. Right? We're all these things, not just because God is commanding you to do so. We're doing all these things because that's who Christ is. And if that's who Christ is, that's who we must be. Right? Because we're united with Him. Because we're citizens of His kingdom. Right? Does that make sense? Um and and there is so much that is told to us about forgiveness, about love. And friends, I got to tell you, so how do we do this then? You know, you're you're like, okay, Pastor Steve, this is good, right? But practically, what does that mean to live in this kingdom of love, right? How can we obey this new command to love one another as we have been loved by Christ? Number one, friends, you must be loved by Christ. (laughs) I know it sounds so basic, right? But I think a lot of us, we miss this part or we downplay it or we think of them as two separate things. Sometimes, friends, I think that um, people in the church, it just kind of depends on where you are in your life. But sometimes we're at a place where we're so focused on what we're supposed to do. Yo, we gotta love people. We gotta love the world. We gotta love the poor, right? We 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 gotta be about justice or whatever these issues are, right? We gotta go and we gotta bring the gospel to the nations. It's good, it's good, it's good. Right? Friends, it's totally good. But sometimes I think people who are there, who are all about this action and what we need to do, sometimes we look at the Marys of the world. You guys remember Mary and Martha, right? The sisters, right? Martha's busy and she's working right? She's working it. She's making souffle and she's baking bread and she's just getting all this stuff ready. And then you got Mary over here and Mary is just sitting at the feet of Jesus and she's just enjoying Jesus, listening to him talk. And sometimes we look at the Marys of the church and we're like, what are you doing? Get off your butt. Come on. Right? You can't just sit there all the time just being loved on by Jesus. Come on. you got to go and do something in the world, right? And sometimes, sometimes, there are people who are the Marys of the world, and we see the Marthas, and we're like, oh, man, that looks so exhausting, <laughs> you know? And by the way, as you're doing it, there just doesn't seem to be a lot of joy. And if I'm being really honest, you say you're loving people, and your actions, yeah, you know, they're good actions, but there doesn't seem to be many much love behind it, you, you know? It seems to be more like duty, right? You seem more like the older brother in in the the story uh, uh, of the uh, prodigal son, right? Who's just kind of doing it out of duty and just gets really mad and snaps at the father one day. It's like, how dare you take back this good-for-nothing son? I've been slaving for you all these years. That's what it feels like. You're just slaving for God, and you're doing all this stuff, and there's no joy. If we're being really honest, there's not a lot of love. We don't feel loved. In fact, a lot of us, we feel pressure, right? We feel guilt if we're not measuring up to this certain kind of standard. Friends, if we are to become love, we must experience it. There is no other way. Because I gotta tell you, sometimes I think, you know, I think people's intentions are good. But sometimes when you look at modern justice efforts, it's not motivated by love. If we're being really honest, it's motivated by fear, anger, right? Hatred sometimes, right? And sometimes the, the the intent is good, right? Please do not get me wrong, right? But I'm just saying that in the church, right? We are told it's not just go out there and go do good stuff, right? Love as you have been loved by Christ. You got to experience it yourself. Because I got to tell you, we all got stuff going on that we're not very loving towards ourselves. And what happens when we go out to a broken world? You project all that brokenness onto other people. When you see your brokenness in other people, oh my gosh, sometimes we are so unforgiving towards those people because we feel it ourselves. I got to tell you, friends man, there are so many times that I look at other people and if they have like the thing that I have, but it's not like exactly the thing that I have, I'm like, man, you're so pathetic. What's wrong with you? Sometimes I feel compassion. But other times, man, especially if it's the stuff I don't want to acknowledge, I'm not especially loving about that. How am I going to get to the place where I can love all people? I can love sinners and broken people just like me. I have to experience that love from Christ first, right? And there is so much stuff within me that I need forgiveness. I need healing. I need grace. I really, really appreciate Brother Hadam coming up here this morning, just sharing, just being honest. He's like, man, it's been a tough week. And I got this stuff that just keeps coming up. I thought I had it dealt with. I was sharing with Hadam and the, the rest of the praise team and the media team this morning, I'm like, I'm the same way. Yeah, I, I totally relate. You know, for me, it's the fear of man. It's the fear of, like, what other people think. I care so much about what other people think. And when I feel like I've failed someone, when I've let someone down, I just, like, completely shut down, right? Like, like I, I just, it, it really, really overwhelms me. And it's something that I thought was dealt with. You know, But i got to tell you, I was so paralyzed, it was really hard for me to love other people. It was really hard for me to do the things that God wanted me to do, especially in the spirit that I need to do it. In truly a spirit of love, not a spirit of fear. Because this is what happens, right? If I am afraid of other, like what other people think, and I'm trying to do good, but I still have that fear within me, then everything I do is tinted by that, tainted by that even. Right? So even if I'm like, okay, well, I need to like, do better in my sermon. Last week, not so good. But this week, oh, it's going to be fire. Why am I doing that? Am I doing that out of love? Am I doing that because I fear what other people think? Right? It's going to change how I preach. It's going to change my witness to the gospel. Right? Friends, almost everything is like that. Right? I mean, we might do these things that are like really good and you're trying to get people, uh, right? Like, like, like you, you do nice things for them. But ultimately, we might be doing it just so that they like us back, right? And friends, I gotta tell you, you're never gonna get to the point. This is something that I've had to learn. And I, I have to let go of this. Not everyone's gonna like you. Jesus, I mean, Jesus, the Son of God, He's perfect. He had enemies. Not everyone liked Jesus. Not everyone responded to Jesus. Who am I to think that everyone's going to like me? But I still need to learn how to love them. And I can learn that when I can fully learn and accept God's love for me. Steve, you know all that stuff within you? Where you're so unforgiving towards yourself? I still love you. I've not given up on you, right? And we need to soak in that. What if you were to soak in that kind of love? What what if you just became love? That's what this is all about. Friends, I gotta tell you, uh, Mike came up to me right before the service. Mike, uh, who's on the media team with Jennifer, He's like, Pastor Steve, because sometimes I make mistakes on the slides. He's like, is this a mistake? Because if you look, there's, there's no point number two. <laughs> like, I was like, no, no, that was intentional, right? Because I'm telling you, we gotta get number one straight. We need to be loved by Christ, in Christ. And I gotta tell you, I'm not saying it's gonna be automatic, right? You still gotta learn how to love, right? But the point is, that if this is a kingdom of love that we're supposed to live in, it's like an ocean of love, right? We need to just bathe in it, right? It needs to become a part of who you are. You can't go out there in the world and think you're doing good things when you don't understand the love of God for yourself. Or when it's just a really, really small thing, just an asterisk. Yeah, 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 God loves me. Yeah, yeah, he forgave me. Yeah, 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 okay, work, right? I'm telling you, man, you're going to bring your junk, and, and it's going to hurt a lot of people, right? I'm not saying we're going to be perfect, but you got to keep going back to that well of love, right? we got to keep going back again and again and again. There's a song that we're going to sing pretty soon, our closing song. And there's a line in that song that I really like. I, I, I realize now that it might be hard to see, um, but I, I don't know if you guys can see it. It's right like below the kind of horizon line of the water and where it meets the sky. It says, if grace is an ocean, we're all sinking. If grace is an ocean, we're all sinking. And man, I love that imagery. Because I feel like we think, at times, when we're beating up on ourselves, when we're not perfect, that God is stingy with grace. That God kind of gave us like an allotment of grace It's almost like, I don't know, a kid with their allowance. Like, hey, here, you have $10. Once you spend the $10, no more money, right? And then you get really excited. You go to the candy store. You spend it all at once. And then you're like, oh, no, the rest of the week, right? First day, you spent your $10. The rest of the week, you got nothing. You're just running on fumes, right? And, And you just have to scrap for everything that you have for the rest of the week. It's not like that with God's grace. But we think that, right? We think like, oh, I've been forgiven once. How dare I? you know, sin again. How dare I make that mistake again? How dare I be human? I got to tell you, friends, it's not the way that God thinks, because his grace is so great. It's so great, right? If grace is an ocean, we're sinking in it. It's all around you, and that is the message of the kingdom, right? Jesus was not saying the kingdom of God is way over there and you have to fight and scrape to get there. He's like, the kingdom of God has arrived. That's actually in the Greek. The kingdom of God is at hand. Is this obtuse way that we've interpreted it. But it literally means the kingdom of God has arrived. It's here. It's all around you. And this is why Jesus was like, yo, if you hold on to me, you think it's just going to be me and my physical presence, right? But I'm telling you, I'm going to unleash the Holy Spirit and it's going to be all around you. You're going to have this helper that is with you 24-7, always. I mean, it is just soaking in your pores. My spirit is with you and this spirit loves you. And this spirit, man, you are never, ever, ever, ever alone. Praise team, can can you come up? I want to learn that way, friends. I want to learn just how loved I am. Even if we got to keep going back to those issues again and again and again and again. There's enough grace. There's enough love for that, friends. There's enough spirit for that. God can cover that. Don't hide it from God. That's what so many of us do. Sometimes in our work, Sometimes as we run from God, as we like run to all the things that distract us, it's because we are still in this place. We are not completely convinced how loved we are. We, we, we don't know how great this love is. And we're not letting it just completely soak within us. Sometimes it gets, takes time, man. I gotta tell you, we're just out there in that world. We're just soaking in all the messages of fear. You've been in it so long, man. It's like when you get like super, super dirty. You ever get like so dirty like, like you know, your are like fingernails were in the dirt and you're just scrubbing and you're 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 scrubbing and, you're scrubbing, and it never seems to go away. Man, that fear, that's the way it is. It's just all over us. What I've learned that we need to do in the same way that probably what you need to do when you get really, really dirty in the mud, in the dirt, is you just need to soak in the water. You just need to soak in that grace. You need to soak in that love. To me, I got to tell you, it is one of my favorite spiritual practices. This past week, yeah, I mean, there was something, it wasn't like a big thing. Like I, I missed a meeting, you know? I missed a meeting. I had an appointment. I totally missed it, totally missed it. And for me, I just, I, I was, like, so embarrassed, you know? And, and it really bothered me. I, like, couldn't do anything the entire day. I was just like, I'm useless the rest of the day. I, I, I just wanted to Instagram school the rest of the day. But what I ended up doing is I just went to the park. I went to Gallup Park. And I just walked around. Just walked around, just reminded myself. Like, like I, I just kept listening to that song uh, as you find me that we sang last week that God loves us as he finds us I just kept listening to it again and again and then I just started listening to some scripture just walking around I'm looking at the geese I'm looking at the swans I'm looking at the water friends just grace it's all around us I don't need to do anything I don't need to fix it but sometimes what what we need to do is just soak just soak I mean oftentimes that's what prayer is that's what scripture is it's not another burden, like something you got to do to show penance to God, to show that you're worthy. But scripture, man, if you can just read some of the scripture, you can read Psalm 23. Just soak in it. Don't analyze it. Don't make it hard work. Just read it. Just let it be read over you, right? If you can listen to an audio book of, of scripture, just, just listen, Just let it pour into you. Let it become a part of you. Friends, let's just take a moment. Let's just soak in this grace. Maybe some of you, you feel so dry. Or you feel so lost. Or you feel so inundated with fear. Maybe you didn't know that's what it was. But you're coming to realize, yeah, I'm just in this world and man, I am parched. My soul is dry. I need that love of Christ again. And it's all around you. So let's just soak. Let's just soak, friends. God loves you. He is for you. He sent Jesus to die for you, full stop. And he is inviting you to be a part of this kingdom. It is a kingdom of love. We're going to learn how to love one another. But first, got to be loved. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for this love. May each and every one of us, Lord, not just hear this message with our minds, with our physical ears, but with the ears and the eyes of our hearts, that we may be able to sense it and perceive it and soak in it, God, this truth that you love us. You love us and you'll never stop loving us. And you want us, God, to become love out of that overflow. We thank you, God. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.